0: Imagine you're at home. You feel safe, secure. Suddenly, someone comes in and starts tearing the place apart. They're making changes, tearing apart all you've known for years. It would be unsettling, and you'd probably want to defend yourself from the disturbance. Drive those people away. In March 2013, the Magnolia Hotel on the corner of Crockett and Donegan Streets in Seguin, Texas, was purchased by a local historian. The Magnolia was one of the most endangered properties in the state of Texas, and she and her husband wanted to save it, restore the Frontier Hotel and open it again. But as restoration began, contractors were interrupted and in some cases walked away from the job because things just got too weird and they didn't feel safe. The new owners learned that at least 13 spirits are associated with the Magnolia Hotel. Some attached to historical events, others to violent crimes, including the murder of a 12 year old girl. It seems the restoration stirred up the energy of those who lived in the hotel undisturbed for decades. And when you hear their stories, you understand why some people believe it may have been better to let the dust settle and leave that hotel alone. Welcome to Southern Mysteries, exploring history and mysteries of the American South. I'm your host, Shannon Ballard, and this is the mystery of the Magnolia Hotel and the murder of Emma Volker. New Brunfels, Texas, near San Antonio, was the first colony of German immigrants in the state. Established by Prince Carl of solms Brunfels, hundreds of settlers began migrating to the area in the spring of 1845. They built a fort, homes, and planted crops. By that summer, nearly 400 settlers called the community of New Brunfels home. Over the course of the next five years, German settlers established a strong economic and social foundation. Churches and schools were built to foster social and cultural pursuits. Businesses, millworks, and craft shops made New Brunfels a thriving commercial center of the agricultural area. By 1850, New Brunfels grew to more than 1,700 residents. It was the fourth most populous city in Texas. Julius Volker was part of the first group of settlers to arrive in New Brunfels in 1845. The 25-year-old had studied pharmacology and medicine at the University of Heidelberg. But along with a majority of German immigrants, Volker's profession was listed as farmer in the 1850 census. As New Brunfels grew, so did the need for professionals to open businesses and stores. Volker opened the earliest pharmacy in New Brunfels. In 1857, he married Louise Carbach, and the couple welcomed four sons, Frank, Rudolph, Bruno, and emil along with their only daughter, Emma. Julius Volker was away from his family for several years during the Civil War, and when he returned, the family would celebrate the beginning of a new chapter of life after war. Felt like a new beginning. The Volkers would have nine years of hard work and family connection before tragedy shattered their lives. On July 22, 1874, their 12-year-old daughter, Emma, was murdered. Her death is connected to the dark history of the Magnolia Hotel in Seguin. The Magnolia Hotel began as a two-room log cabin built in 1840 by James Campbell one of the co-founders of Seguin. The small town is one of the oldest in Texas. German immigrants arrived in the area just southeast of New Brunfels in the late 1840s. James Campbell was an original Texas Ranger who fought against the Mexican Army and the native Comanche Nation during the state's battle for independence. He built a basement under his cabin to serve as an Indian raid shelter and the Seguin Jail which became known as the worst jail in Texas. James Campbell was murdered just weeks after he took part in what's known as the Bloody Council House Massacre. The meeting was meant to be a peace conference in San Antonio in March 1840, but it turned into a violent fight between soldiers and officials from the Texas Republic and a delegation of Comanche chiefs. 35 Comanche leaders were shot to death during the meeting, and 23 were wounded and imprisoned. Campbell feared retaliation for taking part in the massacre, and that fear became a reality when Campbell's mutilated body was discovered by fellow Texas Rangers. Campbell had been stabbed 27 times, scalped, and robbed. In 1844, the cabin was sold to a successful businessman, Joseph Johnson, who converted the property into a stagecoach stop and added a concrete addition with three rooms that became the Magnolia Hotel. Over the next few years, the hotel would be sold twice. In 1850, it was purchased by Dr. William Reed and William Carpenter, who transformed it into the largest hotel in Seguin, Texas with the addition of a wood-framed middle section that connected the original cabin and the concrete sections. In 1855, a violent attack on the hotel resulted in the kidnapping of three men. Women and children were forced to hide in the basement as Texas Rangers worked to rescue the men. The women passed time in the shelter by making bullets and sharpening knives to ensure they had weapons to protect themselves if the hotel was attacked while the rangers were away. The Magnolia Hotel was sold to Thomas Johnson in 1860. He and his wife operated the Magnolia until the early 20th century. And Mr. Johnson unwillingly became associated with one of the most disturbing murders in Texas in the late 19th century. On July 22, 1874, Thomas Johnson's horse was stolen by a hotel guest. Seguin resident Isom Taylor was riding slowly down the road outside of the hotel when he saw a horse approaching swiftly in the night. He recognized the horse as Mr. Johnson, but said he was surprised to see William Faust was riding the horse. Mr. Taylor had no way of knowing Faust was riding for New Brunfels, headed for the home of Julius Volker to carry out a plan to kill Mrs. Faust. Julius Volker was the pharmacist in New Brunfels, and William Faust was the pharmacist in Seguin. The men were friends who shared dinners and evenings out together with their families. When Faust traveled out of town for work, his wife, Helen, would often spend the night with the Volkers, because Helen was terrified of being home alone when her husband was away. William Faust suggested his wife sleep over at the Volkers while he was on a work trip on July 22nd. Maybe Mrs. Faust realized something was off. Maybe she loved William so much she refused to see it. But William Faust was a man whose affection for his wife had faded, a man who had fallen in love with his wife's sister. And the story goes, William Faust chose to sever his ties with his wife by murdering her. William Faust rode to New Brunfels on Thomas Johnson's horse and carried his weapon of choice, an ax. Faust knew his wife would be sleeping where she always slept, in the trundle bed in 12-year-old Emma Volker's room. In the middle of the night, he broke in snuck into the room, lifted his axe, and swung it again and again, hitting his wife as she lay sleeping. At some point as he lifted that axe again, he was horrified when he realized the person who was sleeping in the bed in Emma's room, the person who had been screaming and looking at the bloody body on the trundle bed, was his wife, Helen, For some reason, Emma decided to sleep on the trundle bed that night. William Faust continued to attack, swinging at and hitting his wife once between the eyes. And as he lifted the axe to hit again, he was interrupted. Emma's older brother came running into the room and scared away the attacker. When authorities tracked down William Faust to inform him of the attack on his wife, He was in bed at the Magnolia Hotel in Seguin, 13 miles from New Brunfels. That morning news spread throughout the region about the brutal attack that left 12-year-old Emma Volcker dead along with Helen Faust. But the papers got one thing wrong. Doctors saved Helen Faust. She was alive, but blinded as a result of the blow to her head. This meant Helen could not identify the person who was in the room that night. Neither could Emma's brother, who only saw the back of the attacker as he ran from the room. New Brunville's residents were outraged by the senseless murder of an innocent child. The mayor offered a $500 reward and challenged the state of Texas to match it. Emma's father, Julius, offered a $200 reward which all in was the modern-day equivalent of $10,000 for information leading to the capture of Emma Volcker's killer. On July 25th, the Galveston News covered the funeral of Emma, writing that she was remembered with musical honors during one of the largest funerals witnessed in the state of Texas. Men, women, and children lined the streets as Emma's three-mile-long funeral procession moved through New Brunfels. The paper wrote the following about the effect the loss had had on her family and community. Her many friends will mourn her loss forever. The family will never get over the loss of their only daughter, upon whom they always looked with happiness and pride. When William Faust learned he was a suspect in the attack of Emma and his wife, he fled. He was captured months later in November 1874. Faust was arrested and charged with the murder of Emma Volcker, an assault with intent to murder his wife. By January 1875, newspapers featured stories revealing William Faust had confessed to the attack and murder of Emma There were several delays in trying William Faust because he was a poor man and could not afford a defense team. Faust remained in jail in New Brunfels where extra guards had to be brought in for fear a mob would enter the jail and lynch the man who had confessed to Emma's murder. At one point, he had to be sent to jail in San Antonio for his own protection. But in his hometown of Seguin, some believed William Faust was innocent. Three lawyers were so convinced Faust was innocent, they took on his case pro bono. The key defense witness was Mrs. William Faust, Helen, who detailed the attack that had left her blind. She testified she believed her husband was innocent and never wavered in her support of him. He had confessed, but some believe the confession was made to ensure Faust got life in prison, not death, by hanging. William Faust was convicted and sentenced to life. Authorities had to move him several times because of attempts on his life. Following his transfer to Kamal County Jail, William Faust was murdered on July 28, 1876. An unknown assailant shot him, his jail cell window, while 36 guards were said to have been protecting him. Years later, it appeared William Faust's wife, his lawyers and friends who stood by him, they may have been right. There were doubts about his guilt early on because it was hard to imagine that a man who was described as small and of quiet countenance and being could have pulled off this crime. The witness who had identified William Faust as the person riding the Magnolia Hotel owner's horse on the night of the attack was pressed to answer how he could have known it was Faust on the horse as it was midnight, pitch dark, when the horse and rider were witnessed swiftly riding away from the hotel. And there were lingering questions as to how this small and frail man could have stolen a horse ridden it 13 miles from Seguin to New Brunfels, committed a physically demanding and grueling axe murder, and then rode the 13 miles back to the Magnolia Hotel, where he was found in bed before sunrise the next morning. Three years after Faust's assassination, the Austin Weekly statesman broke the shocking news that William Faust may have been innocent a man named M.P. Devers reportedly made a deathbed confession, admitted he had carried out the attack, and he was the man who had killed Emma Volker. The itinerant teacher had spent time teaching music in New Brunfels and detailed his attack in Emma's room on that fateful night in 1874, saying he intended to rob the Volkers, but things went horribly wrong when he was caught in the act. Whether you believe Faust was responsible or not, he was found in the Magnolia Hotel the morning after the violent attack on Emma and Helen, and he fled. In doing so, he solidified his place in Texas history as a cold-blooded child killer. Emma Volker may not have died at the Magnolia Hotel, but the man who confessed to her murder returned there That night, and it's believed he brought along with him the spirit of an innocent child who knew her killer and could not rest in peace. And neither could Faust. He was murdered in prison and forever known as the heartless man who preyed on his wife and an innocent child. Which is why Emma Volcker and William Faust are two of the spirits believed to inhabit one of the most haunted hotels in Texas. Hotel owners Aaron and Jim Getty were able to find contractors to complete the restoration of the Magnolia Hotel and have reopened it as a bed and breakfast. Ever since the Gettys took over and guests returned to the Magnolia, they've reported strange things. From the odd smells in the room William Faust stayed in the night Emma was murdered, to the shadowy figure in the window of his room. Then there's Emma Volker's love of light. She said to roam the hallways of the Magnolia, turning a light on and off, and guests have heard the sounds of a ball bouncing in the hallways, only to discover no one was there. The Gettys say, it's Emma, and they leave her be. The owners seem at ease with William Faust, and Emma Volker's presence at the Magnolia and the many other spirits who called the hotel home. After they purchased the Magnolia Hotel and the paranormal activity disturbed their contractors, they reached out to a Texas psychic and historic researcher who helped them identify 13 spirits of the Magnolia Hotel. Along with Emma, there's Joseph Campbell, the hotel founder who took part in the bloody Council House massacre and was himself murdered and buried beside the original cabin? Magnolia Hotel guests have reported seeing a figure that appears to look like Campbell wandering near the old cabin section of the hotel. Then there's the spirit of an unwed pregnant teenager who stayed at the Magnolia in the 1800s. She checked in because she was starting to show. She was distraught. And ashamed in her desperation she attempted to perform an abortion on herself in the hotel bathroom and bled out there's the traveling salesman an Englishman who checked in as he traveled through Seguin and never planned to check out he died by suicide cutting his own throat there's Amelia a woman who passed away in her sleep and a young woman who planned to meet her fiancé at the Magnolia, but he never arrived on the stagecoach. Weeks later, she was said to have died of a broken heart. Not all of the spirits at the Magnolia Hotel are associated with tragedies. Miss Idella is one of the most famous Magnolia spirits. She lived a long life, and left quite the legacy. Idella Lampkin was a beloved Seguin fortune teller who lived at the Magnolia. She was known to talk with the dead and her greatest gift was in helping people find lost things. Miss Idella was a woman who loved God, had a healthy fear of the Almighty and was in a church pew every Sunday. She just happened to make a comfortable living using her fortune-telling skills, a gift that combined her supernatural abilities with some good old-fashioned networking skills. It seems Idella supplemented her supernatural abilities with some help from local maids and gardeners. She would pay them to share information about the comings and goings of folks in town, whether simple or salacious. And she was able to use that information to help in her fortune-telling business. Idella is a rare spirit whose life is not attached to a violent death, but as a woman who was born in Seguin and died in Seguin at the age of 75, she seems to still be at home at the Magnolia, possibly looking to help more people find lost things. She really is one of the few positive lights who are said to haunt the Magnolia Hotel. Before the Gettys moved in, the hotel had fallen into disrepair. It was abandoned by the 1940s, and until the late 1990s, it continued to be an eyesore in Seguin, with squatters and vandals constantly breaking in and causing damage. At one point, the second floor of the hotel became a drug den, where a few addicts overdosed and their spirits are believed to be attached to the Magnolia. The old Frontier Hotel that was once one of the most endangered structures in Texas has long since been restored to its former glory. But there are constant echoes of the past inside the Magnolia. The murders and tragic loss of life associated with the hotel could easily explain why so many people have visited and reported an unsettling energy and a dark feeling in this place. It's what's drawn local and international paranormal investigators and ghost hunters to the Magnolia since the Gettys reopened it as a museum and now a bed and breakfast. If you book the Magnolia and stay in Seguin, you're given complete access to the entire second floor A living room, two bedrooms, kitchen, and bathroom, along with access to a dusty and rather creepy area that's never been restored. A stay at the Magnolia is not for the faint of heart. You may not get the best night's sleep because you could experience what the owners and their guests have experienced over and over again lights flickering on and off again and again a pressure and tightening around your throat in one particular room that leaves you gasping for air and overcome with the dark spirits of this place noises that could be shifting ground or shifting spirits furniture that moves on its own Images that appear and then quickly disappear in mirrors. And then there are the voices that call out at night. The voices believed to come from the troubled souls who continue to inhabit the Magnolia Hotel. And have no plans to leave. Southern Mysteries is created and hosted by me. Shannon Ballard. To see a photo of little Emma Volker, along with the sources for this episode, check the show notes at southernmysteries.com. Special thanks to Lisa Brown, who is a fan of the show and emailed me suggesting the magnolia and the story of Emma's murder. You're always welcome to share ideas for the show. And one of the best places to do it is in our Southern Mysteries Facebook group. There's a link to join in the show notes. If you find yourself hungry for more Southern Mysteries, you can hear bonus episodes each month when you join me on Patreon. The March episode of Southern Mystery Shorts is available now and features a Louisiana murder mystery from 1949. To hear the story and catch up on previous episodes, join today at patreon.com slash southernmysteries. And remember to make sure you never miss a new episode of the show. Tap the follow button where you're listening now. And if you like the show, please rate and review Southern Mysteries in your player. So other folks know it's something worth checking out. Appreciate that and appreciate you for listening to Southern Mysteries.